0: Deliberation on the ultimate reality, culminating in intuition experience by Sri D. B. Ganguly. We have already seen seven sessions in this. Today's is the eighth session. Published by Adhyatma Prakashakaryalaya, Puranarshipur, Bangalore. Today's topic is logic, which is in consonance with intuition experience. sri Gurubhyo Harihi Om um, Shri Ganesha Janamaha Dr. krishnamurti Shastri Dambyapunaccha Bantwala Thalapudakshani Kaduna Jelle, Karnataka, Bharata Logic is of two kinds. One kind is such that it is confined, restricted to the nature of the mind and the forms or varieties of deliberations. In the mind, there is an innate nature of deliberating on the basis of space, time and causation categories alone. If it is here, it is not there. It is not proper to say that a person is squatting at a particular place uh, as also is standing there alone. By such and such causes, such and such effects must accrue. Although it is an effect, it did not have a cause. This kind of a proposition is not, not proper. In all such ways of argument, the mind indulges or proceeds. To do so is its innate nature and giving up such an innate tendency or nature, the intellect or the mind cannot proceed to think or argue at all. While evaluating the various forms of argument deliberation, we have to carry out our logical disputations, reasoning, on the basis of or within the limits of some fundamental rules or regulations alone, for example, A A should always Subsist as a alone. This is one of such rules. This is called That is the law of identity to it. Let us assume that in a particular deliberation a person while using the word Kudare Which means a horse in Kannada Kudare, uh, uh, Has used uh, That as a name of an animal which is also uh, which is known to all of us now till he completes the deliberation He should consistently have the same connotation connotation of that word Kudure to mean a horse. But if he uses that word in another connotation of Bisilu Kudure, which in Kannada means a mirage uh, uh, of the desert, in the manner if a horse is seen, it is not proper to say that there invariably exists water. Then to the listeners, how at all will it be possible to guess or discern as to what could be his opinion? How can it at all be determined in such circumstances whether his method or argument is right or wrong? Not possible at all. Therefore, it is essential to observe this law of identity. Similarly, a law of ru- law or rule which stipulates in a manner the two propositions which A is B and B, uh, A is not B, cannot be at one and the same time rule. Is a must that is quite essential for logic. This rule or law is called uh, Pratishedha So, law of identity mm-hmm. that is uh, Tadatmya Niyama. This is uh, Pratishedha Niyama that is law of contradiction, law of identity, law of contradiction adatmanima pratishedhaniyama further the third rule necessary for logic is between the two mutually contradictory propositions like a is b and a is not b one is true while the other is wrong or false one has to invariably accept this fact alone and there is not a uh, immediate third alternative this rule is called prakaranantara nishedhaniyama that is the law of excluded middle these three laws have been adopted here from the Western logic, system of logic. In our Indian systems of logic, the flaws or defects called called uh, uh, Atmashraya, that is self-dependence, Anyonyashraya, that is mutual dependence, and uh, Chakrikapatti, that is involved or circumloculatory uh, procedure, etc should be remembered here. The examples like one gave birth to oneself. The son was born to the father. The father has born was born to the son. Devadatta is the son of Mitra, Vishnu Mitra is son of Aynadatta, and Ajnadatta is son of Devadatta. Uh, Can be given as illustrations for these above mentioned logical defects. Respectively, the logicians decide, determine that uh, if these defects exist, then the logic adopted is not proper or valid. Anyway, the first category or variety of logic is one in which it is argued within the uh, confines of or on the basis of certain laws dictated by the intellect. Next, logic in consonance with intuitive experience. There is another variety of logic or reasoning for that. Our intuitive experience alone is the basis or support. If intuitive experience, Purnan Bhava or Sakshyan is invoked or pressed into service, so to speak, it is enough. Then it is not possible to stipulate that logic should be invariably subject to such and such rules or laws alone. To wit, when intuitive experience becomes the yardstick, One immediately realizes or discerns the veracity of the statement that then logic or reasoning itself will have to be adopted or adjusted so as to be in consonance with our intuition experience, wherein there does not exist or rather there is no scope for any kind of variations or differences whatsoever alone. We have already stated that in Vedanta in order to determine or establish the essential nature of pure being, consciousness, bliss of Atman or Self. This second variety of intuition logic or reasoning deliberation is utilized. Next, three meanings of the word Anubhava. Now, let us try to determine the answer to the question, what is meant by the word Anubhava? The logicians, that is experience, the logicians call that uh, which is perceived through Or by means of our senses, anubhava or experience. In common parlance, it means experience. Uh, People sitting in front of me are uh, perceived by me, and this is called pratyaksha anubhava. That is perceptual experience or knowledge. When I go home and remember this event, then those people do not appear to me. That is mere smriti. That is memory. Thus, jnana, that is knowledge, is of two kinds: viz. anubhava, perceptual, and smriti, memory. In this way the logicians explain further uh, saying that there is a mental experience too is in vogue for example the experience of stomachache happiness pleasure grief fear astonishment anxiety etc among these it is not possible for us to perceive any one of them through the meditation of our senses and then experience even so we transact in the manner i have the experience of anger i have the experience of happiness i have the experience of grief here the word anubhava Uh, that is experience does not mean the cognitive form or pratyaya rupa of knowledge or jnana to perceive in other part through the medium of our eyes and to gain the distinctive determinative uh, knowledge in the manner this is an other part these two phenomena are not the same through the eyes the knowledge of the form of the object is gained in the mind the cognition of the form accrues or is registered in the same way when we get angry or become happy we get, experience, get the experience of anger or happiness then we are engulfed by or submerged in anger so to speak so also we are overwhelmed by or drowned in happiness uh, but even when there is no anger or happiness there can be a cognitive form of knowledge of anger or happiness in this way the experience anubhava of vedana, uh, vedanas that is emotions feelings etc are. Different from their cognitive forms of knowledge even small kids and big and small animals also have experience But they do not have the cognition Let it be in any case we call the cognitive knowledge of the form of a sensation gained through the live, uh, Five senses that is anubhava that is experience uh, we also call the uh, Mental, conceptual or psychological, psychical uh, knowledge of the type of the happiness, misery, anger, fear, etc. Anubhava, that is experience. These facts are now evidently clear. The logic or discriminative reasoning that the Vedantins utilize for the purpose of determining the essential nature of pure being consciousness, bliss of Atman, is based on another kind of experience, Anubhava, other than these two ki- distinct kinds of experiences mentioned above, which is Pratyaksha Anubhava or pra- uh, Pratyaya Anubhava. That is perceptual, sensory experiences and Vedana Anubhava, that is conceptual feelings, emotions, thoughts, ideations, etc., which are also psychic experiences. This the Vedantins call Sakshi Anubhava. That is the intuitive experience of the witnessing principle, Atman, pure or absolute consciousness. This intuitive experience too is there, existing all the time in all of us. But uh, many people do not know that this cognitive or intuitive knowledge of it accrues to us through the Sakshi, that is the witnessing principle. For example, all of us transact in our day life in the manner, I saw a dream, therein the mind was knowing the objects in deep sleep. However, I did not see anything whatsoever. There was no knowledge whatsoever of anything therein. Here in this context, what is meant by the statement, I saw a dream? By what means, uh, did we see the dream? Therein, did we see the objects with uh, this, what is say? There was, uh, in deep sleep, however, I did not see anything whatsoever. There was no knowledge whatsoever of anything therein. Here is, in in this context, what is meant by the statement, I saw a dream, by what means did we see the dream, therein did we see the objects with these waking eyes, therein when we say, I myself saw with my eyes, which is that I. In deep sleep, when we say that I did not see anything whatsoever does this may, uh, waking i exist therein If not what is the meaning of our statement that i did not see anything whatsoever therein it is quite certain that the third kind of experience that is intuitive experience sakshi anubhava alone we have therein the common run of people do not deliberate upon this topic nor upon this sakshi anubhava that that's all the Philosophers call this Nirvikalpa Anubhava, that is, super consciousness, conscious state of intuitive experience beyond the mental or intellectual, that is, conceptual jnana or knowledge. Next, intuitive experience of the three states of consciousness. Thus, for the word Anubhava, there are three different meanings. There arise different or even contradictory opinions among people because of a law, lack of discriminative determination as to in which context which meaning is to be taken into the reckoning. Just like a Telugu speaking person interpreted the Kannada word maa which means you speak on hearing it as Ma Tadu, which in Telugu means Ma means mine, taadu means rope to mean my rope. In the same manner, we interpret the word Anubhava with different meanings and get confused and confounded. Now let us examine the experiences of the type. I saw a dream. I slept well. In these sentences, who is that I that saw the dream and who is that I who slept well? It is said that Johnson was defeated by an argument in his dream, and after waking up, he repented in the manner, alas, I was defeated in argument. Are the true? the defeated I and the repenting I one and the same it is said that a particular uh, ascetic dreamt that he had uh, some transactions with his wife as a result of his previous samskaras latent impressions can we say that the I which claimed to be an ascetic and uh, the I which transacted with the wife both of them are one and the same the self which is the object of the I notion Gamya, which we call now, I in our waking, was not there in the dream. The I that existed in the dream is not existing now in the waking. Even so, we are transacting the manner, I saw a dream. Let us observe the usage of the past tense in the statement, I saw a dream. In the statement, I ate my lunch in the morning, but now in the afternoon I am hungry. The morning and the afternoon of one and the same day and one and the same Time flow or series are there in our deliberation, but when it is said, then uh, then I saw a dream are the two aspects, which is then of the dream time series and the eye of the waking state and waking time series existing in one and the same time series or flow in the same manner. Let us assume that one who slept at the right bedtime at night dreamt that he has he was exhausted after walking a long distance. In an open field in the hot sun then can the usage of the sentence sentence i saw a dream be proper can we say that the afternoon of the dream belonged to the past series of time and the right bedtime of the night of the night belongs to the present series of time the time series or flow of the dream is itself different and the time series or flow of the waking itself is quite different even so we are transacting as if those afternoon and midnight time factors belong to one and the same time flow or series by saying i saw a dream we transact in a manner i saw you in my dream but the person whom we saw in the dream was quite different and now the person with whom we are conversing is quite different thus although time object and i all these are different in both these two states of dream and waking For this memory, it occurs as if one and the same, i, that is individual entity, experienced both these states of consciousness as a substrate and so it amounts to uh, saying that uh, there should necessarily be one and the same, i, which should be a common denominator for uh, both the states of dream and waking indeed. This core of being that is atman or the innermost self per se vedant is called sakshi that is the witnessing principle there is a scriptural statement sopnantham jagaridhantam cha uvhau yenanupashyati mahaantham vivumatmanam matva dhiro Nashochati kato panisata 2 214 it means that courageous resolute person dhira who has cognized or intuited that the a Mahavibhu, that is the Almighty Creator of the universe alone is the one who cognizes by virtue of his being of the essential nature of pure absolute being consciousness. Bliss, both the waking and the dream states, such a hero does not grieve or becomes sad. Next examination of the method of intuition by Sakshi Anubhava. It will be beneficial to. It will be beneficial to examine a little in depth the method of cognition, intuition by the Sakshi, that is the witnessing principle. While the mind cognizes the external objects, its thought flow proceeds through the respective sense organ and signifies the object by assuming the forms of that particular object. In that person who cognizes the objects through these mental thought forms, there does not occur any cognition of the object at all without any change or mutation occurring in him. In other words, the moment by uh, moment the moment any cognition of the object as jnana occurs in the person that is the pramatru, there occurs some sort of reaction or mutation. But it is not so with the Atman, who is of the nature or, or, or essence of the witness. Principle, testing principle that is the Sakshi, pure absolute consciousness without any distinctions, either qualitative or quantitative. There is no need whatsoever for him to get transformed into the respective form of the object. Just as the sun remaining as he is, uh, eliminates all objects, this Atman, self as the Sakshi remaining wholly immutable as he is in S, eliminates any object that is before him. It should be discerned that the statement that the sun illumines does not mean that the sun performs the function or action of illumining. In the Upadesha Sahasri Shri Shankaracharya has explained this truth and has indicated it in the manner bilat sarpasya Niryane Suryo yadvat prakashitaha prayatnena Jnana atma If a snake comes out of an anthill, the sun becomes the illuminer of the snake. While illumining in that manner, he, that is the sun, need not make any effort whatsoever for that illumining. Is it not? The sun, remaining as he is, is said to be in common parlance, illuminating the snake. That That's all. Similarly, this Atman, the self effulgent Sakshi Chaitanya too, without any effort whatsoever on his part, without any mutation taking place in his essential nature of pure, absolute being, consciousness, bliss, illumines the states like waking dream which appear before him. The distinct or definite uh cognition pratyaya which is formulated in the manner this is waking this is a dream, this was a dream especially is not that belonging to the Sakshi, but clearly it belongs to the cognizer that is pramatra alone While the cognizer, Pramathru, is experiencing the object because of the reason that his inner instrument of the mind has to perforce get transformed into the form of the object. He, that is the Pramathru, illumines the objects one by one alone. But it is not so in the case of the Sakshi Chaitanya, that is the witnessing principle of pure being consciousness, uh, bliss in us. Just as the sun illumines in Toto that part of the earth, planet, which is an object to his light rays. Similarly, in an analogous manner, the Sakshi Chaitanya illumines all that is an object to him in toto alone. Anyway, what is the fact established by this reasoning? It is the intuitive experience, anubhava of the Atman who is of the essential nature of Sakshi Chaitanya that is pure consciousness of the witnessing principle at the core of our being is exclusively different from both the sensory perceptions and the mental or psychic conceptions like emotions, feelings, etc. In the senses, the perceptual forms of the sensations uh, Alochanatmaka vrittis are taking place, while in the mind the conceptual forms, vikalparupa vrittis uh, of the external objects are occurring. But in this Akshi, wit- that is witnessing principle, Atman, who is of the very essence of pure being consciousness, please, no vrittis, that is thought forms, whatsoever can ever arise. He remaining as he is experience rather or rather intuits, cognizes the objects which are the witnessed sakshya things to his absolute consciousness which is all-pervading and self efferent to it, the very prius of all existence being. Because he subsists as the very embodiment or core of intuitive experience, Anubhava alone, his very in, uh, vicinity presence is sufficient to experience the existence of the witnessed object or saksya. I think let us continue in the next session. So this is the 8th session in deliberation on the ultimate reality by Sri D. B. Ganguldi. This is the 8th book we are seeing in the English series published from Adhyatma Prakash Karyalaya. In that 8th book this is the 8th session. Hare Rama. Shri has Arpitamastu the arbitraments too. Sarvejana Suginu won